Hi everybody, it's Joey Remini from seekingbalance.com.au. I'm the founder of the Rocksteady community and the author of the Rocksteady book. And it's always a treat when I get to meet any of my global participants and members and students. And today I want to introduce you to Jessica from the US. Jessica, welcome. Thank you for your time. Hello, thanks for having me. <clears throat> Such a pleasure. It's early morning here for me, so I've still got wet hair and <laughs> waking up. Um, but I just, I really appreciate the connection and I've had a little chat with Jessica before we clicked record and Jessica has a story like many of you listening. Um, she had a few months of sinus troubles and that led to some tinnitus, um, and all the usual goose chase of medical investigations, medical clearance, um, the many tests, and this was all happening in the COVID era of isolation and aloneness. Um, Jessica told me she was actually pretty familiar with online study, but it was it was different when it was like the the thing we were forced to do because doors were now yeah. closing on our communities. So I'd love to hear, Jessica, what did the Rocksteady community and the Rocksteady program offer you? What did it mean for you as you fought your demons and arrived to where you are now on this call? Yeah, I think it's it's kind of like full circle because about a year ago is really when, you know, um, sensations, as you like to call them, really kind of kicked in and caused me to do like a hard reflection mm. on the stress and anxiety that I was really keeping bottled up inside for quite a few years. Um, but I think just sort of searching like many others, I found you on YouTube, kind of went down, you know, there's not too many resources, but I was like, oh, wow, this is really cool because you know, it's just another way of, of viewing things. Um, but that led me to your book. And, you know, I really found that the book for me was um, sort of like a, a, a door opening. It sort of reaffirmed and kind of built my confidence up enough to know that I should explore a little bit more about your program. It was like the, the seven days, I think. Um, so I kind of looked into that. And um, like you said, I'm really familiar with the virtual environment. That's, you know, how I taught for many years, taught students and taught teachers and um, also did, you know, completed a master's degree online. So that self-paced thing was something I was really comfortable with. Um, but I think in general, it just gave me, um, you know, a light, something to hold on to that kind of, I've heard you say quite a bit, like give you your power back because you feel very, very powerless as you're, um, talking to you know even like therapists and this is all brand new to them you know tinnitus what is tinnitus and you hear a lot of the horror stories and um just sort of uh you know sort of like this bubbling up of stuff that kind of came out of covid too you know with that so I think it just really gave me a light um to hold on to and the community is something that I was used to and it was just I loved your rules they were hard because you know you really want to get on there and talk about oh this is my symptom or this is this but it's so much more beneficial that you don't because really that subconscious voice and what you fill it with what you read what you talk to is actually really really important so every time I read um, something on the Facebook post or listen to the calls it's it's just you know it kind of fills up my glass a little bit more to the full part yeah, and so. for those of you who may not be familiar with um, the rules, 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> we have group agreements both in our public Facebook group, which anyone's welcome to join. It's We focus on how we're healing with neuroplasticity. And of course, we're going to go through lots of challenges. That's expected given that we're all human beings. But we don't just get up there and post about our challenges and sort of do a traumatic dump on the group. We wait until we've actually used our Rocksteady toolkit, moved through the challenge, and then we post and say, hey, I met this challenge. This is how I met it. These are the neural pathways I'm building, and I actually feel really proud of myself now. So all of the posts are coming from that hindsight perspective. Um, and then in our peer group calls every month we meet and we have live calls, Q&As, and those replays are available for Rocksteady members to use as an incredible balm of community peer support. Um, and I'm always hearing how the people say, oh my gosh, that was a question I could have asked. Like it's so relevant when we listen to other people open up and share their troubles and concerns. And we have a similar agreement, or if you'd like to call them rules, um, in that when people come on those calls, we don't just talk about our symptoms and we don't blame or we don't go into that victim space. We drop right into the body. Um, often people will, will close their eyes if they're comfortable with that and they'll really identify and locate what they're feeling in their body and directly speak to their body. So it's just it's a very powerful role modeling and exam examples of how we can really shift the dialogue within ourselves. Do you want to speak a little bit um, to how you use the program and how you potentially changed your relationship to yourself and your body through that process, Jessica? Yeah, I mean, I think like with a lot of um, people that have these sounds and sensations, you live shoulders up you know you're in your head kind of obsessing and needing to have answers to everything and panic attacks and all you know the mm. whole nine yards um but really what I did was I I just sort of looked like the body scan was actually very very difficult for me mm. um because you have to sit still in mm -hmm. the stillness and accept everything that's coming but um I would say a lot of your um I really kind of latched onto the the group calls first because I wanted to hear how other people are moving through things, that there is hope, that there's, you know, I think that's really important to hold on to is, is the message of hope um, that your story, you know, you can and will get there if you just sort of try to lean into everything and the tools, like I finally started getting the body scan. I actually started doing a lot of yoga and I know one tool doesn't really do it for you. I know you talk a lot about, you know, kind of building up your toolkit and having all those things available. But for me, it was the only time where I was almost forced to be still, you know, at the end with the Shavasana, that's when I started doing the body scans. And there's quite a few moments in there that I was just like, you know, like I just let it all go. And it's a very understanding community as well. So I think what, what I did was that first module, I was like, okay, just allow yourself to feel all the emotions. Like it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to feel happy. It's okay to move through this. So that really was um, a big moment for me was like doing the body scan and also the like shoulder movements. Cause a lot of mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. really tense muscles and neck issues. So that um, really physically from a physical standpoint, those were very helpful. Yeah. for me and just sort of loosening up a little bit mm -hmm. um but yeah I just really kind of went in there and I would maybe look at it like after dinner when the kids were settled down and just kind of look through things and try to find a few quiet moments of um just sort of being with myself and just sort of 
letting all the emotions kind of start to come up and then trying to identify, you know, like where they were coming from. And like what you do a lot is sort of assigning the color, or give it some sort of visual component, a texture and just sort of let it release. So that was a really big thing that the program um, really allowed me to explore a little bit more. Yeah, and I love this analogy that if the body is talking to us or even our soul is talking to us and the language of the body and our soul, if you want to um, sort of go into that deeper spiritual aspect of, you know, we're incarnated on this planet, we are a soul being incarnated. If our mm-hmm. soul is trying to talk to us and get us on track with whatever it is we're here on this planet to do this lifetime and the sensations are its language, what is the message? Like if that was a text message, what would it read? And this idea of, of coming back into the body rather than the stories. And that, that's often where therapy gets stuck too, right? You know, we mm-hmm. talk all about the stories and the stories. But in the Rocksteady program and in our peer group monthly calls, there's a bit of context and it's actually very interesting to hear where people are calling in from and, and, and um, p- bits and pieces of the stories arise, which I find is really great for connecting in our humanity. And also yeah. you can speak to this, Jessica, while we're not getting bogged down in other people's stories and their woes <clears throat> or deeply lost in their challenges for the most part. Um, I think it's also really nice to connect and feel an understanding of them and their struggles. Yeah. And then feeling like, well, they actually get me too. Like there's a shared sense of understanding that we can meet on an equal platform. Whereas out in the wider world, we might actually have to fake it a bit or pretend or perform because people just don't get it and we don't know what to say. Nope. So there's this cold wall up and it can dehumanize us. It can be very alienating. And so I, that's one of the messages I get from my Rocksteady community members is, you know, this is where they learn to be human again. They learn to be understood. They learn to feel welcome and at home um, in this community and then eventually back in their bodies. So do you want to speak a little yeah. bit perhaps about your coming home to your body? And you've spoken about feel, allowing yourself to feel through emotions again and come mm-hmm. back to the body. <clears throat> can you remember what it felt like living up here in the head versus those days now when, you, when you're doing really well, you're really connected and you're back in your full body? Yeah, I would say the difference is I am um, much better at noticing the and gratitude, mm-hmm. you know, which was something I was deeply lacking, even though I was like, oh, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. But let me plan for tomorrow, the week, the next six months, the next eight months, you know, that can really drive you up a wall. Um, because then when something doesn't happen, that's when like, you know, you start to really tense up and feel stressed out. So now I just find myself very free. Um, maybe I'll have um, a day where I feel a little bit anxious. And I'm like, okay, well, what about tomorrow? And then I'm like, nope, like I kind of hear like little Jessica come out and be like, stop. Nope. We're not worrying about tomorrow. We're right here. Um, and that's very freeing is you really feel like your days are very fulfilling. Mm -hmm. And I know, I know you get it. And I know other people watching this call will get it. Um, because you just really don't worry as much about tomorrow in the sense of the anxiety it could bring. You just really are very present um, so that I think is what getting in your body will do, because if you're constantly living in your head, you're just letting it all fly by you. Um, but when you're in your body, you're noticing, um, you know, the palm trees and the mm. 
squirrel running across the fence and just sort of fascinated by like everything this earth has to offer before I just yeah. was never, it was always just big picture, big picture. And now it's the small stuff. So I feel like that's a gift in a long it run. It is. And also what you're, what you're bringing up for me from a neuroscience point of view is we have these different part, evolution in our brain development, neural development. And the theories speak that we develop the, the base part of our brain first and that gives us our freeze response which is what we use in mm. utero when we're overstimulated and it's too much we actually numb ourselves and shut down as a protective mechanism so it's not too much stimulation all at once <clears throat> and the next part of our midbrain is more the anxiety fight flight <clears throat> where we learn to tense our muscles and get ready to, to to fight or to to flee to run away and that's when yeah. we get really caught in those anxiety loops and we want to plan everything. We want to know six months from yep. now, I mean, what's going on. And this part of our brain is needing certainty and needing predictability. And it, it's pinging away its neural fibers going, I'm not sure if I'm safe, so I'm going to solve this problem. You know, I'm going to really help it. I'm going to, I'm going to help Joey out because I'm found a problem and I'm going to fix it. And, and it's constantly trying to solve uncertainty and resolve into certainty and predictability. Yeah. The front of our brain is what you're talking about here with awe, with appreciation, with beauty, with um, higher levels of complexity of understanding and accepting the paradox of being human, that we're not all a simple linear thing. You know, we could be both feeling connected to joy and relief and deeply sad at the one time, you know, yeah. we, we could be connected to injustices and climate, climate crises and weird and difficult, challenging sensations in our body, as well as deeply loving our children, our partner and mm -hmm. connected to the rock city community. And all of this is happening in the complexity of our humanness. And this front brain is analyzing it. Yeah. So a large part of the Rocksteady program is getting us out of these lower brain default protective defense mechanisms, which we need and they're vital and useful. But if we live there, right. we actually get caught up and trapped in anxiety. There's not that freedom you're talking about. And so the yeah. Rocksteady community and, and program and the tools are helping us shift more into utilizing this incredible prefrontal cortex, which we have as powerful mammals, which allows us to think abstractly. And to really drop into beauty and awe and connection and humor and playfulness and fun. And they're all qualities we lose when we're stuck down here freaking out about our symptoms. And we're literally living pretty much between the ears. Mm -hmm. um, so there's just a little yeah. kind of interesting neuroscience. I love that stuff. I love yeah. the science-y stuff about it. I'm always wanting to learn. And I feel like you're great at it. That's also what this community does in the, in the course is it explains a lot of the you know, physiological, neurological, neuroscience behind it. Because for me, I am very concrete sequential and I love, I'm an educator, I'm a teacher. So I'm always like, okay, I need an explanation of this and just to know what's really kind of happening underneath the layers. So I feel like that was uh, very um, useful for me too. Yeah. And I think I've actually been reflecting on this a little bit. Because, you know, why don't we just heal if we go do regular yoga or we go see a therapist? Mm -hmm. like, like, why isn't it that simple? And I think the reality is that someone could have really cutting-edge world-class tools and a lot of tools to draw upon, but if they have no idea how to sense and feel in their body and appropriately or, like, poignantly pick yeah. the tool that's going to best match that situation physically, mentally, emotionally, or spiritually, if they don't know how to really respond with presence, all of those tools are just kind of fancy but unuseful and ineffective stabs in the dark where you know you may get some relief at some points and other times they're just totally not useful at all 
And I think this process of getting present and responding to what the body's calling for is really at the heart of the Rocksteady program. We're practicing building that muscle of being present and responsive. It's very applicable. But I think that's also why it's so effective because we're actually changing the brain and the neural pathways and we're strengthening those neural pathways of our desired new normal. And that's becoming the repeated kind of metric and measure. And we're shifting deeply away from having a symptomatology focus, which is often where treatments and therapies live in that symptomatology. Do you want to speak a little bit about that? And perhaps if you're brave enough, share some of your desired qualities and desired sensations and what your new normal looks like and feels like. And if you have any concrete examples about cultivating that, it could be interesting for listeners. Yeah. And I feel like something you just said there was really um, helpful for me as I was going through it. The more I heard, you know, we're kind of looking for like that. Oh, if I do this for a day, a week, voila, you know, it's magic. (laughs) And I think the one thing it's taught me is incredible patience. (laughs) You know, healing takes time. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're we're never really on at the end of healing. Like I know you've said that before, we're always actively healing. But I feel like in general, um, it, just to give myself some grace and patience, that was something that this has taught me. I know that's one of the main messages underneath all of this was um, to just say, hey, like, take your time, you know, slow down, self-care, all of that. Um, some of my desired feelings were... Um, One thing I always told myself, and I feel like many people probably, this is something maybe that the pandemic exacerbated because I did work from home remotely for quite a long time, for about 12, 13 years, was like, I don't need to go out. I don't need to like hang out a lot. You know, I I build connections virtually, which you can do it and you can do it well. But um, I just completely like hit, like became a hermit. And I was like, oh, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. And one thing that I've really sort of realized about myself is that I do seek that human connection mm-hmm. uh, more than I gave myself credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, reconnecting with friends from the past um, that I sort of dismissed. Um, you know, going, taking an in-person yoga class for me and joining that community was actually a really big step for me because I would just do a lot of stuff at home. But I feel like that was, one of the um, the feelings that I needed to cultivate was that, that human connection, um, you know, responsibly as well. Obviously, there was, you know, a lot with the pandemic. But um, I feel like gratitude is one that said a lot. But I, I, I think gratitude is equivalent to, like what I said, freedom, at least for me, in that I don't need to know what the day is going to bring because I can find gratitude in a lot of stuff, um, even the small things, even, you know, walking my dog for the 15th time that day. And, you know, I just like giggle at some of the mundane stuff that I was like, that's so annoying, but now it's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely gratitude. Um, and I think just in general, um, you know, like calm and confidence, I think, you know, just feeling really confident in my decisions and not second guessing because I needed an answer to A, B, C, D, E. Mm. I've done a lot of like crazy stuff over the past year that I never thought I would do, just sort of changing careers and doing this thing and giving up larger pay and just because I've started seeking 
the confidence and the calm and the joy and the connection. So I think it's really sort of leading me down a path that I never really thought I would be on like a year or two ago. So. Mm, and how does it feel in your body if you compare it back to where you were a year ago? I think a year ago, it just makes me feel just generally content. Um, I think you can have a million synonyms for these, you know, happy, content, joyful, but I feel like content is like that middle, you just, no matter what comes, you're going to just be cool, calm, collected and content, you know, just like what I said, is the gratitude into the small things. Um, you know, I started teaching middle schoolers again, and I don't know how many times I've been told middle schoolers, but they just, they make me laugh, you know, even when they're being silly little 12 year olds, um, never in a million years what I would have gone back and taught a group of them but I just did it an opportunity came up and I'm like yeah let's do it so it's kind of um scarily amazing yeah I I like that it sounds like you had a lot more openness and willingness and courage or braveness to say yes to the unknown and, and, and shift it a little bit instead of it sounds like what you're describing a year ago was more of an anxious striving and need to con- micromanage and control things more yeah um to try and get this um what i would call and i'm, and I'm familiar with this feeling myself but it's like a false sense of security yeah. You know, yeah well if i just book this in then then everything will be okay and this anxiety in my body will rest and so i'll just book this in and then i'll book that in and then i'll book that in and i'll just try yeah. and make everything okay whereas when we drop all of that all of those tricks and tools which are really satisfying that midbrain Mm-hmm. And we drop more into that prefrontal cortex of awareness, presence is what I'm hearing from you a lot. You know, that presence yeah. in the yoga community, that human connection. When we're anxious, it's hard to connect to people, even actually when we're face-to-face because um, we're That's so true. agitated and our brain waves are so jumpy. But once we can be more present with ourselves and respond with that loving kindness, and the presence can grow, then I think we can, A, we, we have more capacity to connect. We're more actually available. Um, we're more in our body. And then we're more open to some of the random serendipity and synchronicities that may arise before us that are actually wilder than anything we could plan or control anyway. So there's a, and, and we know that when we've had our feel of that, we can let that go too. So it's not a life sentence that we're teaching middle schoolers. It's just, it's an opportunity. <laughs> I remember I did a yeah. um, stand-up comedy workshop once just purely for fun. But one of the things I took out of that was the um, the teacher said, if you're ever, like if life ever throws you an option, I think, well, maybe what she said was when life throws me an option, I sit back and think what will give me the better stand-up comedy content, you know, if I'm giving, <laughs> if I... Um, and, and we, and I think with that sort of sense of levity and humor and comedy and possibility, and she's like, well, what's going to make the better table conversation? Like if I say yes to this or no, like, even if it's a disaster, it's going to create a good story, right? Maybe I should try that. And so really being open to the disaster. Um, I loved that, um, approach and, and bringing the humor in again is another thing that comes from this prefrontal cortex, which is, um, yeah. Yeah, you can speak to that a little if you if you like. But the, the oh other... yeah, I yeah you go go ahead. I was just saying I always thought people always like oh you're so funny you're so this like I, I taught high schoolers for a while when I was a baby <clears throat> teaching babies and 
Um, like I said, I went into a virtual platform. So you get to connect to a lot of kids, but, you know, in-person is different. Um, but yeah, that's funny because I, I giggle because I just pictured all of them and the crazy little sixth graders and the little eighth grader, you know, they're just in such an awkward time of their yeah. brain development. Their prefrontal cortex is nowhere to be found at times um, because, um, you know, they're just middle schoolers or 12 to 14 here. And mm. um, that definitely is much better dinner conversation because <laughs> the stories that I was like, what are you guys thinking? And But they're just cute little humans, you know, they just need love too. And so it really was... Um, And I think that's really cool what you said, because I never gave myself permission before. I always sort of like stuck to a career and I was like, oh, married to it, like 100 (laughs) percent, never and had, you know, a little trauma with a with a boss who was just. I've never met anybody like really just traumatized me and it forced me to divorce that job, essentially, and Mm kind of go into the great unknown and just latch on to things. And I'm like, oh, I'll be good at this, but completely unfulfilling and I was Mm. this just happened to be serendipitous and I don't really know 100% what I'm doing I just started doing this again but take it a day at a time and you know (laughs) let that sort of continue layering on I've got two two comments I want to make which just kind of popped up for me the first one was about that we're always healing I think you said Joey you say we're always healing like we don't arrive somewhere that that's one way of putting it but how I think I probably possibly said it and how it sits better is actually we're all already healed, but we don't realize it yet. We, we judge ourselves yeah. and tell ourselves we should be just like that person on the front of the magazine or just like that celebrity mm-hmm. and just like that, you know, super artificial brushed over yeah. fake. So we're all aiming for this false, disappointed, never going to get their version of success. And once we realize, well, actually I'm a human being with a big heart and a lot of diversity. And as I am right now, even with my sensations and with my awkwardness and with my anxiety between my ears and with my various defense mechanisms and with my trauma, I'm healed. I'm actually healed as I am. I'm this big, rugged, neurally diverse being just as every flower out there is actually beautifully imperfect. And that is the flower's essence. It doesn't need to be picture perfect. Like the patriarchy is telling us we should be right. There's all these labels and all these expectations. So it's not that we're all constantly healing and striving. It's that we're actually learning that there is no destination. And however I am is healed. And I'm learning to more deeply soften into my reality as it is and accept it with agency. You know, I'm not, passive in this process I'm actively showing up and choosing how I meet myself in every moment and that is the healed version of me when I'm not healed in quotation marks I'm stuck in victim and I'm fighting reality and I'm resisting it and I don't want it so coming back to our little uh, middle schoolers (laughs) is you quite right actually the prefrontal cortex is developing all the way through I think until young adulthood yeah. And the prefrontal cortex is what we use to regulate emotions because a lot of the emotions get caught in these defense and protective mechanisms, fight, flight, freeze, fawn, which means we're running away, we're fighting and resisting, we're freezing and numbing ourselves, dissociating and shutting down, or we're people pleasing. And we're actually dissociating from what I feel and I'll do what my teacher needs me to do to make her better. So we people yeah. please our friends, we people please our parents. And what that hap- what what happens with those defense mechanisms when they're overly used is we fall into trauma patterns, which means we arrive at being adults, 
we don't know how to honor our emotions, how to regulate ourselves, and we become very vulnerable to the world around us. We're constantly seeking external approval um, and external successes rather than coming home to our body and ourselves and being able to meet difficult human experience. So teachers are often a very, very important part of helping adolescents learn to regulate. And we do that not by what we say, actually. It's by how we own our own bodies. It's about how we stand. It's about how we offer eye contact. It's about how we pause. And it's also about how we actually role model to the kids, you know, oh, feeling a little bit awkward. I can almost feel it between my shoulder blades. I feel my body going, ooh, you know, that, that conversation. Yeah. Like, mm. And we teach them how to be in their body, give it words and and be okay and safe feeling their emotions. So it's it's, it's a really rich um, rich time of life and teachers, when teachers are able to be pre- present in their own body and connected to their own body and authentic, so not fake and calm. Yeah. Because kids, kids know when you're feeling angry but pretending to be calm, they pick up that incongruence, even babies pick it up. So when mm-hmm. we're authentic as role models and teachers, we teach kids it's okay for them to be authentic too and they can own their body and they can own their feelings. And then it creates a really safe emotional environment for that prefrontal cortex development. Um, yeah. And I, no, and I love that explanation. I'm going to use it. Yeah. <laughs> We're on Christmas break right now, but we'll be back. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as part of the Rock City community, I'm not sure if you participated in um, some of the, the last few monthly live calls or heard the replays, mm-hmm. but we've been talking about co-regulation and mirror neurons and as Rook City members, you know, we're deeply studying this for ourselves. And as we become better at regulating our own emotions and connecting into our own body, we actually become the co-regulator in the room. So everybody else around us could be lost in Christmas drama or anxieties, you know, or whatever's going on in their world. And we become that calm, steady, connected, authentic co-regulatory force, which is great for the community, don't get me wrong, but it also means we're back in control because we're no longer swimming in everybody else's drama and piggybacking off their prefrontal cortex and we're not relying on other people to regulate us, which means if we are stuck in a family situation of drama or an adolescent situation of drama and, you know, look at the world, sex, drugs, rock and roll, economics, there is drama and catastrophe and fear-mongering everywhere. If we're relying on other people to regulate us, chances are we'll get dysregulated which means our brain does not fire optimally and we can no longer stick with our rock steady desired new normal sensations. So learning to regulate our own brain and be the co-regulatory force, which means we're back in control of our body. We actually have a really connecting, calming, authentic impact on the world around us. So it's kind of, there's so many hidden gifts, I think, in this process of. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm curious if there's anything, did you dive into the pep talks, the bonus audios, is any, any module in particular that sticks out to you that you want to maybe just give one or two examples of, of salient moments for yourself? Yeah, I feel like the pep talks, um, the, the neuroscience one was, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the rules that you, I can't remember the exact percentage. I think it was 60, 40 or. Oh, the 40. Yeah, yeah, 40, 60, 60, 40. Um, the, just little reminders on those days that I felt like I was making no progress, even though logically I know it's sort of like I, I call them like little train tracks, like the tracks are being laid, mm-hmm. you know, in my brain with that consistent. I just can't always, <laughs> you know, see the progress or feel the progress. Um, 
but I know it's happening. And that's a lot of that bonus audio was really helpful. The compassionate hands just sort of, you know, I did that. I adapted that into uh, my yoga practice after hearing that play it again and again, when, you know, choose where you want your hands to go. And I'm like, always right here, you know, and just sort of like repeating to myself. Um, So those pep talks were, I think, really deeply, deeply important because they are exactly what you say they are. They're pep talks for when you maybe have hit a little bit of a, Mm. you know, a valley and you're trying to hit that peak. Um, So those were, were good. I know the tapping was one of the things that was really difficult for me to get into. Um, I believe in it and it was just, so um, I know you did um, a tapping demo. I think it was in module two, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was really helpful as well, because those are like little things that I started incorporating, like little tapping activities that like, you know, like a butterfly hug that I start to just sort of co-write, you know, just calm myself down and Mm. kind of drop back into like the safety. Um, so a lot of those things were, were things that I, I did the vision board. Um, I kind of created a mini one and I start journaling here and there. Um, but yeah, I'm not the best yet at remembering to do those things consistently, but I have to give myself grace, like you always say, and just, mm-hmm. you know, sort of do them when I can. Um, but I feel like definitely the the pep talks were um, uh, really, really helpful. I know you added a few new ones on there and I, I listen to them as I go on my walks. So mm. those were always really helpful. Yeah, and I feel like that's really what the book's missing is like we can read it and we can get ourselves a few exercises to try and we can read the book two or three times. I've had people say, I've read your book 10 times. I think the program really nurtures us through the time lag it takes for our neurology system to really build these yeah. new patterns and pathways. And um, actually for some people who are who are well on their way and just need a tiny little bit of fine-tuning, the book may be enough. But for most people, I think the book is like waving a carrot and you just can't get there. Um, yeah. And that's not because the book's holding back information. It's like, well, there's only so much a book can do. It's like trying to learn the piano by reading a book. You know, you're really probably much better off with an actual piano and a piano teacher rather than yeah. reading a book and expecting yourself to be a piano player by reading a piano book. And I think um, it takes time. And I also encourage my Rocksteady members who they own the program for life. So they get all the skills right. and tools and there's new things being updated and introduced all the time. Um, they get access to the community, they can ask questions, they can listen to their peers, they can dip in and out of all the modules because if you go through module one through six and then go through module one through six again and go through one through six again, over years you'll notice you're becoming a new person and as you go through the yeah. new exercises, every body scan is different. You never do the same body scan because your neurology is firing different in each moment. Um, I love the standing body scans, you know, and the, the movement ones and I love writing and journaling, but there are times in my life where I put that down too and it just doesn't feel right. So it's good to have the different modalities. And same with vision boarding, you know, sometimes that that is really hits a spot because it, it does what words can't do. And then uh, we might not do that for a, another year or five. So you right. know, it's, it's good to have different parts of our brain we can draw upon. Same with music. I find music very potent for me in activating many neural pathways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And for shifting my moods or, you know, helping me integrate new neural pathways, it can be just really useful to have the the variety of different tools to draw upon and to know that as we go through different stages of our lives, we will draw upon different tools. 
And that is, of course, exactly what we expect. If it was the same yeah. thing every day, like religious and prescription, I'd be like, hmm, is that really what your body's asking for? The same thing <laughs> every day? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the sort of the key is to understand, like I kept being like, okay, okay, body, what do you need? What do you need? And I'm like, not telling me, it's not telling me, you know, I was getting, and then I was just like, okay, I think that's part of the process is sometimes you don't need a definite answer. You know, you just sort of have to go with it. And that's really what the program does. Um, I mean, I was really, you know, hardcore module one through three, and then it kind of like, I went maybe like a week, you know, it took me to get through those. And then I allowed myself a little bit more grace and time with the last three modules. And then I actually went back recently and looked at module, uh, did module one again. Yeah, great. Sort of six months. And I was like, oh, I listened to the the calls that you had on there. Um, and I was like, it's, it's perspective is everything, you know, and kind of giving yourself enough time to allow your body to, you know, like you said, like to really build those new neural pathways. And that takes, there's no fast track to that. It takes, you know, a lot of time and a lot of patience and just sort of a lot of like compassion and really um, just knowing that six months from now, you'll be a completely different person than you were six months before. And not in a bad way. I, I feel like, you know, um, I guess the word is like a new normal or I'm not trying to go back to normal, but there's essence of Jessica that were uniquely me and that I loved. And I feel like we're just sort of building onto that and becoming, you know, like shedding a skin there's still me there and I still enjoy all the things that I felt like maybe I was a little too anxious and freaked out about at first but just sort of like sitting down in the stillness you know binge watching like a cooking show or something or I'm like wow I just sat and read a magazine for literally a food magazine for like 20 minutes and I didn't even think about anything I just really enjoyed the pictures and all that so those sort of normal practices that I enjoyed I, I feel like this program is what really allows you to slowly just build and build and build yeah and then you get to choose what you need some days it's yeah. this some days it's that some days it's like nope I'm just yes. gonna sit here and so. I think it's I think it's um really important to trust the innate intelligence of our body and our body is saying something to us and it's probably saying something's not quite right and we don't know what that is yet but if we start to look at the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects will begin to feel in and really discerningly choose different choices. So we're not just stuck in these perpetuating cycles of anxiety and symptomatology that all feed it, they feed on themselves. And when we can pull ourselves out of that and start using this amazing prefrontal cortex that we've been gifted with birth and really learn how to use the power of neuroplasticity and co-regulation and self-regulation we really do become a new person, you know, and that's, that's what I hear from, from my community members is this program really creates an entire new person. We don't lose our sense of self. We, we gain our sense of self, but who were we prior to that? And often we're grieving this loss of an illusion, illusion or this delusion of who we thought we were or who we thought we should be based on how the world told us we should be or how we should look or how we should talk or how we should dress and we're starting to let go of the clutch um, and the, the the gripping onto those delusions. And we're starting to realize, well, who who really am I when it's just me and my body 
and I start to shed all of those expectations and judgments. Um, we yeah. choose differently and we become a new person in the most, uh, I think, gentle, insightful and beautiful ways. We live differently. We feel differently. We connect differently. And I want to say we put ourselves first and that doesn't mean selfish or indulgent. Mm -hmm. It means we're actually using our body as a barometer. And when things don't feel quite right, we listen to that. We take heed. And that does not mean we dismiss other people or let them down or walk away. It means we actually role model to other people how to be connected to ourself and connected to our authenticity without pretending or pushing through, which means we give them permission to be connected to their self and that they don't need to pretend or push through either. And we can really put ourselves first in the most subtle and gentle ways to be more full, to be more creative, to be more full of possibility and to have more life force and vitality to give back to our community. So it really, yeah. it shifts the dynamic. Yeah. And I think that that's definitely, you know, something I've had, I have a, a nine-year-old and a 15-year-old, two boys, and it's interesting parenting a teenager and a nine-year-old at the same time. But it's something that a year ago, I, I would have just sort of done that dismissal, like, oh, don't cry like that. Or I know you're frustrated, but now with my nine-year-olds, um, especially he, he's very em emotional and very an empathetic, little spicy soul. Um, but now I'm just like, okay, let's feel it. You know, I'm like, what are you feeling? And just let it come, let it, and just sort of like move through it. And I was like, whoa, you know, just kind of having that direct impact on my own son or on the kids that I teach or and by modeling that, or, you know, me going to yoga, I never would have done that. And, right. you know, now I'm able to like bring him to some classes too. And he's, yeah. you know, all zenned out. So I know that um, this process has taught me to mm -hmm. just say, Hey guys, you know, you know, I'm going to yoga today because this is what I need, or I'm going to go on a walk or I'm going to go have lunch with my friend. And, um, right. And Great just role. to, yeah, no. And they don't really mind. Like they were a little like, wait, what's happening. But now they're like, Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, so I feel like that's really important as well is to just sort of understand that self-care is not necessarily about buying all this stuff mm -hmm. and doing all that it could just be about hey I need to literally go have a cup of coffee by myself yeah. at the cafe and look at the ducks or whatever you find fascinating I need time you away know? from you so I can miss you and come back yeah exactly and <laughs> and, and I feel like yeah yeah especially as like a, a working mother as well it's yeah um, very difficult to do um but you know I've giving yourself that permission even 10 minutes is like hitting the refresh on your browser and it's just mm -hmm. okay yeah and little by little you kind of you know yeah. come back a little bit more fulfilled so I think that's another big message as well it's just that's what this program also I used to be like no I'm gonna go up to whatever coffee shop and I'm gonna listen to this audio and just sit there and do that so that nobody found me Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so that was also a good little tactic and when you shared about your nine-year-old or any of our children being emotional because there'll be lots of listeners who are parents with children yeah. you know I, as I dig into this tunnel of neuroplasticity and neuroscience and connection and I'm, I'm learning more and more and more and I have my own children now so I've got new questions it's not just about symptoms anymore it's like well how being fully human and what does it mean to develop a healthy brain from childhood these are some of the questions I'm naturally following and um, 
what I'm learning in this process is as we welcome our children's emotions in and let them flow and invite them to, you know, where are you feeling this in your body? And, you know, how's that going for you? What's it feel like for you? And they may not have words. So a really curious kind of um, road I'm following now is we have this co-regulation thing going on felt sense which means whatever's going on for my kids I feel whether I'm aware mm-hmm. of it or not I feel their nervous system my nervous system is, is is picking up on it it's innate yeah so when they're angry or frustrated or sad my nervous system responds and it very subtly dysregulates me on purpose this yeah. is mother nature's intelligence so I can meet them at their level so then what I might do is I'll say, yeah, I'm feeling it too. I'm feeling heavy in my shoulders. I'm feeling my heartbeats changed its rhythm. I'm feeling my fingers and toes are, are squenching in. I'm feeling like I kind of want to move my fists and I want to stomp my feet. Do you want to join me? And so then I'm teaching them through my body. I'm going, well, this is what I'm sensing and feeling. And it's just, it's kind of curious because I'm mirroring them, but it's authentic to my body. I'm not making it up. I'm not just simply copying them. And I'm doing a healthy dysregulation where I'm actually connected in my body and curious. I'm moving through it. I'm talking through sort of what I'm feeling. And they can get on that roller coaster with me and ride the wave back to regulation because I'm giving them that guidance. We might take a breath together or we might go outside and look at the moon or look at the trees and we co-regulate together. But I'm actually going through the paces with them. And a lot of parents, I think, feel that they have to be calm and they have to be perfect. And so they miss that felt sense, that attunement and that letting their children dysregulate them so they can come into their body with the children and come out of, come through the emotion in the body with the children. So it's really, I think, valuable to not only ask our children, how is this going for you? How are you feeling it? Where is it in your body? But to actually lead the conversation by saying, I'm really feeling a heaviness in my heart and my chest. What are you feeling? Like actually using our body as the guide I find that this I feel powerful actually in that that's why I wanted to share it yeah no that's really amazing um I think that that's good and um yeah I did that with my niece as well who's maybe five or six and she just um my mother-in-law unfortunately passed away a few months ago and you could just sort of feel like everybody was on 10 you know nobody sort of knew how to deal with their emotions um, so it just came out in a lot of anger, um, for her. And I was like, okay, you know, got on her level and just sort of talked to her about it and had her like hug herself. And I was like, yeah, I feel really, you know, my chest feels heavy and, you know, I feel a little sad and I feel like, um, you know, my, um, my body, my, you know, my shoulders kind of hurt. Cause I know I've been scrunched up and it was like a really pivotal moment because she just got, she was just like, oh, you get me you know, and we just sort of taught each other and exactly. And that, you know, and that's presence, you know, that's vulnerability, that's authentic connection because we're not faking it and we're not pretending to be the calm adult who has it all together, which gives them a false illusion of what an adult really is because no one really has it together. But when we drop Uh, in and go, you know, I actually feel like I might vomit. Like I feel like I can't eat. I, I feel so emotional. I just feel like I need time to cry, you know, that might be how yeah. a kid's feeling and why they're not eating. They're just so emotionally dysregulated. And when we can yeah. meet them at that level and say, that's okay, then they feel yeah. really, and you know, and coming back to the Rocksteady program, as we go through bit by bit, learning to get out of the head, out of those old defense protective mechanisms of living 
essentially in a dysregulated pattern. As we learn to come back into our body, regulate ourselves, co-regulate, understand the neuroscience, build new habits and patterns, as we connect back into ourselves and our truth authentically, I think it's then a natural flow on that we're able to be more authentic with others. But I do want to say, yeah. I think it's with our old oldest relationships, oldest friend, in-laws, um, family members, we can easily slip back into old patterns because we do oh, what yeah. they expect of us. So it's, it's, it's easier to do this actually with new people or cousins or nephews or people who we don't know as well. We can be the new version of ourselves because we're sort of starting from a cleaner slate. So cut yourself some slack if you're with partners or children or in-laws and you just snap into old dramatic patterns. It's yeah. just, it's just, it's the, it's the two-way dynamic. And as we learn to stay connected in our body, we become that co-regulatory force. We shift the drama, we shift the pattern. And that's when we really stand on our own two feet and in our power. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely felt, especially in the last probably six weeks, you know, like a, like my power bar charging, just sort of understanding that, um, you know, I think that's what this program does essentially is really understanding that you you do have the power mm. um some days it comes easier than others that's life right i mean things happen but you do have the power literally to like rewire your brain and yeah come out you know and and like a just a more authentic sort of holistic person um and it's you know still a work in progress for me because it's no magical thing you so kind of cracking a lot of things that happen in your childhood and yeah. you know understanding why am I reacting like this why is this a trigger for me why you know it's just like okay let me pause for a second let me just stand on my own two feet maybe do a quick body scan or maybe you know this is I know I need this or that um mm -hmm. so I feel like that's really really powerful is it's really helped me sort of not only become a better version of Jessica you know I'm 44 years old I never really would have said that less judgmental like you know looking at my little lines <laughs> in my face and being like oh my gosh and I was like you know what no I'm laughing a lot or it's all good Jessica you know you look good you know you're strong you're this you're that so I, and honestly a year ago would have been like oh my gosh you know um yeah so I feel like it's like once again sort of set me free and also kind of let me become a better mother um because I just don't panic as much like what you said like when my 15 year old is like I'm not hungry I'm not eating like a year ago, I'd be like, well, why aren't you eating? What's going on? Are you doing this? And I was like adding to it. So now I'm just like, okay, cool. You know, is there anything you want to talk to me about? I'm just going to be over here. I'll leave you alone for a few minutes. Sort of letting him have his thing and then kind of circling back to it. Just kind of, you know, relaxing a little bit. Um, so I feel like hopefully he would say the same thing. But yeah. And you know, you know that that's also possibly as we learn to trust our own body, we trust yeah. it. Well, if he's not hungry. Of course he doesn't want to eat his body's not seeking the calories right now and that's okay because right. when he's hungry my gosh he will eat right oh and, for sure <laughs> and, the, and the body knows and I, and I see my role as a parent to be always offering nutritious and wholesome food consistently so that there's lots of opportunities for that little body to be taking in nourishment and if he eats he eats if he doesn't he doesn't yeah Who am I yeah that's a big lesson yeah yeah and also for myself too just being like oh I'm hungry let me you know I actually am hungry let me eat let me find something nourishing let me you know and also the indulgence as well especially around the holidays like before I feel like especially we're so shamed because of all those images we see and I'm like you know what 
I am going to have a cookie and I'm going to enjoy it. And, you know, just really like noticing it. Um, and just also noticing that there's a balance to that, you know, obviously taking care of myself with exercise and hydration and all of that stuff. So I just think like you just drop the judgment a lot and you really learn, like you said, of trust is a very hard thing to give to other people and also yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really what this did is just really learning to just drop into just trusting mm. myself, you know, my everything, brain, body, and also the process and sort of what the universe has in store for me and just sort of I'm so falling pleased. into that. I'm so pleased and it really warms my heart to hear that it's um, had that flow on effect into how you mother your children. Yes, it's not an easy thing to do, um, you know, with it, it's, and you have little ones, I'm sure, but, um, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing as a mother and as a teacher too, because I kind of see all ends of the spectrum. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just kind of look at my, uh, just hope that I can be a good role model for them and, um, just, just relax a little bit, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm yeah. safe, they're safe, we're healthy and just appreciating all of that, I think, is sort of like my day-to-day thing and just using this program to reaffirm that, mm-hmm. even if it's like the five-minute pep talk or just listening to a group call yeah. and um, listening to that. There's a lot of helpful. richness. Yeah, and keeping the curiosity yeah. alive keeps those neural fibers searching for the new network so that we can keep shifting out of those old stuck symptomatic patterns and um, neural maps. Thank yeah. you so much for sharing how you've been a part of our rock city online community yeah. and program and um it's just such a treat to meet you yeah see you too yeah and i'm glad uh sorry it's nice and beautiful here in florida and sorry it's so hot and wet in australia right now but we get that in the summer here so yeah always oh, been quite nice been quite nice good for the garden to have lots of rain oh good um nice. if you had any parting words of wisdom or encouragement for yourself a year or two ago what what would that mantra be what would that what would you say to your younger self oh man I think it's you know it's so cliche but it is sort of um just trust the journey um and I think also just understand that you know, your body, my body, my brain wants to heal and find some sort of like, you know, homeostasis, um, which I feel like we really weren't like, it's constantly seeking that. So you just have to, when it's a little out of whack, or if you hear sensations or this and that, it kind of throws you a little bit, you really just know one day you won't catastrophe that's always a difficult word for me to say <laughs> freak out about it um and you just be like oh okay you know you just kind of let it pass through you and say uh wonder what's going on oh you know I haven't slept enough or I have been worried about this too much or so it's very um it will be a a, a gift to sort of self-regulate and yeah. allow yourself to get back to that state of just you know, wholeness. And, and I think just sort of hold on and just know that if you're really open and ready, if you're truly ready, that 
a program like this will allow you to be like the greatest teacher that you've ever had and mm-hmm. um and it the education never stops because there's always something new to learn yeah i feel you i hear that mm. thank you so much ah. may, may the gift keep on giving yeah may your new normal and your new desired qualities just keep following you so that you're thank you so that you're rock hopping from you know those contented places you're developing just ongoing and may you meet any future challenges gracefully yes I feel like I am handling things a lot I'm just like whoa who's this girl how did she react like that so cool about that but I feel like that's the gift is you know just sort of let life happen I think you know let life happen I don't I think it was maybe Tony Robbins that life happens for you not to you so you know, I feel like that this kind of program links up. Um, it's true. It's everything's happening for you. So just sort of understanding the messages and including our symptoms, symptoms and sensations happen for us to listen into. They sure do. The body keeps score. That is a hundred percent. It's all stored in here and you have to, you know, find ways to just tap into that. So, yeah, beautiful. I can hear a little two-year-old knocking at my door. (laughs) thank you a bye for now for those of you who want to follow me further visit seekingbalance.com.au i'm joey remini check out the rocksteady online program you're so welcome to join our community it is a very diverse community and we would love to have your voice to be a part of it so it's a bye for all now. right awesome bye bye jessica